Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. So for today's episode, we're going to go against the, the big spiders moniker. We're going to talk about some smaller spiders. For years now, people have been asking me to do a either a video or a podcast or an article on quote-unquote dwarf tarantula species. And I've struggled, resisted doing it. I've, a, early on, I didn't have a lot of smaller species. I think one thing that I've talked about in the past is the fact that when I first got into the hobby, the idea of getting tarantulas, the, well, the idea behind me getting tarantulas was to get the biggest spiders possible. I wanted the biggest one out there. Basically, my thought process was if I'm going to start raising and growing up giant spiders, I want the end result to be a giant spider. So why would I pay attention to something that might not be much bigger than spiders I find around my own home? So when I would be shopping for tarantulas, I would always go down. I'll just call myself on this. I would go to the vendor, I'd look up a certain species, and I'd scroll down, and I'd look to see if it said the maximum size. And if it didn't say the maximum size, I would immediately go over to Google, I would put the species name in and go max size, and probably end up on arachnoboards or somewhere else where a bunch of people, a bunch of folks chimed in with, uh, mine was five inches, mine was six inches, mine grew up to be eight inches. Those were the ones that made it to my list. If somebody said, oh, they're little guys, they're like cute little three inches or two and a half inches or three and a half inches or four inches, I kind of turned my nose up at them. I didn't want anything to do with them because in my mind, I just, again, bigger was better. And I think a lot of folks I speak to that are just getting into the hobby will email me like, hey, I've been in for a little while. I have a couple species. Do you think I could work with a Laziodora parahybana? Do you think I could work with a Theraphosa species? Do you think I could work with a Formictibus? Because they want those big spiders. That's what you know brings folks, when you bring folks to your home and you break out these enclosures with the animals in it, I mean, obviously any large spider, three, let's be real, and this is something I learned later on, a three-inch spider is a huge spider to most people, but it's those big ones. Like I know when I come over and I take down, say, my Theraphosa blondie, people are in awe that something like that exists, that a spider that large exists. So I think part of it's just the bragging rights to be able to say, look, I have this huge spider. I think part of it is the fact that, again, like me, when I first got in the hobby, people come in, they want the big ones. They don't want to toy around with these little ones. But then what happened with me, at least, is I accidentally, not so accidentally, I picked up some smaller species and fell in love with them. So the one that kind of won me over and started me thinking about getting into dwarfs was what's now known as Homeoma chilensi, or the Chilean flame. They picked up three of these as, well, I thought they were sub-adults. They were old girls. I mean, that's the problem back then. They were exporting them out of Chile, selling them into the hobby. So a lot of what people were finding were just adult females that they found in the wild. But I immediately fell in love with these. Just the most beautiful, adorable, inquisitive. That was the first spider I looked at and went, they're cute. Like I didn't, when even when I was into spiders, I never looked at them and went, these are cute animals. That wasn't what I was into them for. I found them to be quite threatening and scary when I first got into them. These were the first time I looked at a spider and went, that thing is adorable. And that ended up being huge for me because I realized, all right, despite it being probably the smallest full-grown adult tarantula in my collection at the time, I loved it. It was easily one of my favorites. And I'm like, what else am I missing? So then at, at that point, I opened my mind a little bit. And usually what I would do is here and there, I would buy 
what many would consider to be a dwarf species. And since then, it's funny because I sat down to do this. And if you follow my stuff at all, you know I don't like to talk about anything I haven't personally kept. So one of the reasons I didn't want to do this podcast or do a video on this was the fact that, quite frankly, there are so many small or dwarf species out there that I haven't kept. Like, what am I going to be talking about? Here's a handful of things that I've kept. And yes, there's a bunch more. So I didn't feel like I could really speak to the subject with any real authority. Uh, The other issue was the fact that when you do something like this, people immediately come out of the woodwork to chastise you for not having kept certain species that they've kept that they love. And that always, I, every time I do something like this, I get, you haven't kept this species yet. What is wrong with you? And it's, it's said partially in jest, but it's, I can't keep them all. It's, I'm working my way slowly through as many species of tarantulas as I can. My goal is to, by the time I decide, all right, I'm getting too old for this, that I've got species that my great grandkids are going to have to inherit that it when I walk away from it I've kept hundreds of species of tarantulas successfully but it takes time so that's part of it I didn't feel like I could do here's the best list of dwarf species because I don't know what the best list of dwarf species would be I haven't kept them all but as I went through my collection and took a tally, I realized that I kept, uh, currently keep or have kept a lot of those so-called dwarf species. Now, you may be asking, why am I saying so-called dwarf species? Why aren't I just saying dwarf? I'm kind of air quoting it even when I do it, the dwarfs. Here's the deal. There are a lot of smaller tarantulas out there, but I don't believe a lot of the smaller species that we call dwarfs are actually dwarfs. And what I mean by that, for a tarantula to be a dwarf, it should be under a certain size. Now, the problem I run into with the certain species that they call dwarfs is what is that certain size they should be under? I think in many cases over the years, we've assigned the term dwarf to just smallish spiders. And when I say smallish, I don't even mean really tiny spiders. I mean ones like I've heard species that are four and a half inches being called dwarfs. I don't consider that a dwarf. That's a small tarantula. And we have to kind of consider what... What are size requirements for each of like, what would constitute a dwarf? What would constitute a small tarantula? What would constitute a medium-sized tarantula? What would constitute a large? What would constitute an extra large? And I think we all come up with our own arbitrary markers for those. And I don't think there's any real consistency across the hobby of what it's sort of like when we talk about juveniles and slings. It's the same type of thing where one person might call something a sling, the other person might say that's a juvenile. I think I've said that my way of kind of designating them is a juvenile is starting to show some adult colors. It's not so much a size thing, it's when they hit that magic spot where they're starting to show some adult colors. Now, obviously, that won't work with species, say, like. Hopalopus species Columbia large or Hopalopus formosus. They are a species that show their sling, their colors in slings as slings. So that wouldn't count. So it's tough, but I think we play loosey goosey with it where one person's juvenile is another person's sling, vice versa. So it's a lot like that where it's like, what constitutes a dwarf tarantula? What constitutes just a small tarantula? What constitutes medium, large, extra large? I think extra large, most of us would probably agree we're talking about the ones over, I would say over seven inches, but somebody else might say over six inches. There's no real standard for it. So I think that's where things get confusing because we get a lot of these species, even as I was doing a little homework putting this podcast together, I was shocked at the number of species that had the, the word dwarf in their common names that I would not consider a dwarf. So I think for many people, 
dwarf means a spider under four inches, four inches or under. And I've heard a lot of folks, and I say that only because a lot of these spiders that we're going to talk about today reach four inches. Some of them even reach larger and people call them dwarfs. I would disagree. I would say that a four inch tarantula is a small tarantula. It's I have four inch specimens here. They are good sized spiders. I just rehouse my Davis Penaloris, and it's easily over four inches. That's a good size spider. So I wouldn't call anything that the females get to be four inches or larger a dwarf. That's a small tarantula. In my mind, anything from about three to four inches, that's just a small tarantula. Maybe, you know, over four to five, medium. Five to six, maybe large, or five to seven, maybe large. Seven and above. That's a monster and extra large. I, I, it's Again, it depends on the species. That's it, it, why this is so difficult to kind of nail down. But that's my thought process. So in my mind, a dwarf in the very least, considering we have tarantula species out there that only reach two inches when mature, that's a dwarf to me. That's a tiny spider. One that's a little three inches, that's a pretty small sp- spider. I would almost say three and below would be a dwarf. So that's why I struggled. The other reason I struggled so mightily to put together this list, because I will tell you, I started, I found notes that I put together about four years ago. It was pre-pandemic. And I'm like, let me let me attempt to do this. And as I put my list together, I went back, revisited my list. I realized a lot of those species for me have grown, obviously, quite a bit and that four years worth of time, and they are no longer species I would consider to be dwarfs. So they're ones that if I had done my homework and looked online, they would have went, yep, they're dwarf species. And then I look at mine now and go, nope, they're not dwarf species. So that list would have included a bunch of spiders that I don't believe they're dwarfs. So I will cover when we go through this list, some of the ones that I can say flat out are not dwarfs because they're well over four inches as adults. But what we're going to do today is I'm going to look at, and we're not going to call it the list of dwarfs. I will name the ones that I think are kind of, I would consider them to be dwarfs. But we're going to go through a list of small tarantulas, the small ones, not the medium, not the large, the ones that are, for the most part for this list, four inches and under. Ideally, I was going for under four inches, three and a half inches, eh, borderline, I would go with that, but we're going to go four inches and under. So again, I don't want this to be spread around as the dwarf list. I will probably try to find some type of clever way in the title to insinuate that, yes, we're going to be talking about some dwarfs, but more, it's just small tarantulas. But these are the ones that I have kept over the years that I have experience with and some of the notes that I have on them. Now, one of the things that has made this list so tricky to put together is that there is many of these species, a lot of disagreement to how large they get. Some of the ones that I bought here, I had no idea were dwarfs. Some of the ones I bought here, I thought were dwarfs. They got much larger. So I think part of the problem is anybody that's done a search online to find out max sizes of certain species will find this information. There's a lot of disagreement as to how big they get. This happens with any size spider. You get the large one, you get, say, I don't know, uh, Pisolotheria rufalata. I originally read they're like 10, 11 inches. Other folks say they're about nine inches. I have two females that I've had now for several years. They're about nine inches or so. They seem to be about max growth, but somebody else came in and said they had a 10 inch one. So I think that's one thing we have to consider that like people, some get larger than others. So some people may have one that only got to be three and a half inches or so, and it hasn't grown much. Somebody else may have one that got larger. And I think that's something that kind of throws off these numbers. Sometimes you'll go onto arachnoboards or tarantula forums or some uh, Facebook group and somebody will go, 
what what's the max size of this? And you'll get a bunch of different figures. You'll get three inches, three and a half inches. Mine was four. Mine only got two and three quarters. There's also the fact that males factor into it. Now, I normally, when I talk about the max size of the spider, I want to make this clear, I normally don't consider the males. Obviously, there's sexual dimorphism between many of the species of tarantulas out there, the males and the females, where the females get to be much larger than the males. So I don't think that's a good way to look at it because sometimes you'll have a little teeny tiny male and a very big beefy female. So that's not really something you could look at. I always look at the max size of the females when I do this. So let's take a moment and go into some of the smaller species. The first one I already talked about, Homeoma chilense, the Chilean flame, easily one of my favorite species of all time. I will admit they were just a bunch of people are selling slings. I haven't picked up slings yet. I want to, I just, I'm getting to the point where I realize I'm getting older and by the time these things are adults, who knows what's going to be going on then. So that factored in the back of my mind. It's, and it's going to be tough waiting to have a spider like the ones that I had before. They were just beautiful, beautiful animals. They're gorgeous. They're cute. They are super inquisitive. The majority of them are super laid back, easily the most inquisitive. I don't want to say tame. I don't like to use that word, but they were like they would climb right out of an open mic containers it climb right out in my hand obviously early on with the Thomas Big Spider stuff I did a lot about these guys and a lot of folks picked them up because of that and were just as enamored by them as I was so the fact that we now have slings out there I don't know if they've all sold out they were rather pricey because they're very difficult to get a hold of apparently they're difficult to pair but now they're out their slings are out people are buying them up which is great now is this a dwarf species it it's tough. I, I would say no. I'd say it's more small. I, I don't know. I'd take it. a lot. Obviously, everybody's going to disagree with me on this one. I think the general consensus in the hobby is they call this a dwarf species. I don't know if it's just because it's so darn cute it gets a dwarf moniker because my females were fairly good. So they were about probably three and a half, four inches or so. So that's within that four inch band. My oldest female, the one that the last one that passed away, who was probably the, the largest of the bunch, was right around that four inch mark. So I would again... I would say that's just a small spider, but we'll go with dwarf on that one. But regardless, they're amazing. It's an amazing species. It was the first tarantula. I know I'm not, I've said before, I'm not into handling tarantulas, but when I got into the hobby, part of it was to get over the fear of it. And in my mind, I had to prove that I was over the fear of my handling one. So I did have one crawl out into my, that used to crawl out into my hand. I've mentioned this before. So I'm not encouraging handling, but I'm saying I do understand for folks out there that come from being arachnophobic, it can be very profound to actually have one in your hand and not be free freaking out. Uh, that one was just gorgeous, gorgeous animal. I miss her immensely and easily the one that got me to actually look at other small tarantula species and consider them. So H. Chalensi, just an awesome spider. If you can grab some of those slings and you have the patience for them, I would definitely encourage it. I have to get some eventually. Hopefully there's still some out there, but amazing spiders. That led to the next one that I picked up partly because I loved the name of it. And at first I didn't know it was a smaller spider. And then I did my research like, oh, there's two different kinds. There's the small, there's the large. Hapalopus species, Columbia large. I believe now we're saying that it's Hapalopus formosus. I know there was like, some conf not so much confusion. We weren't sure the ones that were in the hobby were actually the ones that were described as Hapalopus formosus. So in the U.S. mostly we kept them separate, but I believe everybody's selling them as Hapalopus formosus now. But the pumpkin patch, that one, I saw the common name. I remember being on a website and I saw the common name and I'm like, I need that spider. I love, obviously, I have a pumpkin tattoo. I love Halloween. 
I just the idea of having this cute little orange spider, it just looks so unique too. It didn't look like a tarantula to me. They don't look particularly furry. They have those big booties in, in comparison to the size of their actual leg span. Just awesome spiders. So I ended up picking up three of these from a really young vendor back in the day that didn't last very long, unfortunately, but I got a great deal on them. Grew them up. I had two females, one male. The male matured very, very quickly. He was very small, probably about two and a half inches, like dwarfish size. The two females lived about seven and eight years or so. So shorter lifespans than some of the other ones I've kept. But again, they were they grew very, very quickly early on. So I had like a, a sub-adult within a year or so. The male had uh, matured out within about 14 months or so, I think. But one of those was obviously B. Arthur. It was the first tarantula that I ever paired and successfully bred. I had babies. I have... One of them left. I kept three. Unfortunately, I got two mature males and then my female, the, I don't know, B. Arthur too. Maybe we should name her after another golden girl. But love these spiders. Will always have one in my collection. Are they dwarf species? I would say they fall in line with it. They're, it's more the build of them. They're kind of stumpier than some of the other trans. They have a build that when you look at them and you look at other spiders, they look different. So it's a tough one. I think B. Uh, B. Arthur was around three and a half. She was a big girl when she, when she passed away. Probably around three and a half inches or so, three, three and a half inches. Her daughter now, I just caught her out as I was doing this video, is right around the three inch mark. So definitely a smaller spider. I, would, I wouldn't object to people calling them dwarfs. But again, these guys are a little different than obviously the H. Chilensi because they're a little more high strung. Folks talk about early on, they can be a little escape artist. They were, they were one of the few spiders that I've had that normally when you disturb a spider, it will bolt to its den or its web hide, whatever. These guys would sometimes come out to investigate and I have heard of folks that say that there's have you know bolted out of the enclosures. They start as slings. They start with their adult colors, which is super awesome. They grow quickly, which is great because they start off really teeny tiny. And they can be a little more high strung. Although as adults, I have noticed that this is a species you want to give it room to dig and burrow and room to web. And they will usually mine all did both. They dug. They have the one now that I have, the female that's the daughter of B. Arthur, has a little burrow she's dug into and she hides in and it's like covered with folds of webbing and she's webbed the whole top of the enclosure. So awesome little spiders, really cool, especially for folks that like ones that do a little bit of webbing and just super unique looking. So I think they're smaller spiders, but they have the attitude of a larger spider, which is also quite cool. So Hapalopus formosus or Hapalopus species Columbia large, awesome little spiders. Again, dwarfs, eh, I, I'll lean, I'll give the dwarf thing to them, but just regardless, cool spiders nonetheless. The next one on my list, I picked up a sling about a year and a half ago, and I had been eyeing this species since I first got interested in the hobby. I liked the last, the species name of them, talking about Kokiana brunipes, or the dwarf pink leg. I finally got a sling, little teeny tiny sling, very, very small, but I was excited to find out these guys ate great. They grew very quickly. I read that they were a dwarf species. Now doing more homework on it, it sounds like the females can get to be three or four inches. So again, I would consider three to four inches to be a larger spider. But I guess if you have some that are three, some that are four, it qualifies as a dwarf. But unfortunately, I was so excited to grow this one up. It was doing great. It was eating great, molting frequently, putting on great size. And then about a year and a half after I got it, I look in there and there's a little 
male. And when I say little male, I mean little male. This little booger was about two inches max, maybe even an inch and a quarter. Very teeny tiny. So that's something I look at and go, all right, he's definitely a little dwarf. But very disappointed I didn't get a female because I really wanted a female to display. I've seen pictures of them. They are gorgeous spiders. They, I don't know. It seemed like back 10 years ago, they were a little more common and popular than they are now. Or maybe I'm just not listening to the right people. But... I definitely will try this species again because I do want a female. Personally, I just want to see how big they get. And I think that's one of the thing, reasons that I've been seeking out some of these dwarf species is I kind of want to see for myself how large do these guys get. So then I can report my videos. I had somebody was reading comments doing homework on this and somebody's like, yeah, Tom Rand never puts the max size of the tarantulas. And they're right. I normally don't because for some of these, I hate when I put what's the max size and find out it's not true. So whether it be a species that I put, oh, this thing gets to be nine inches, find out it doesn't get to be nine inches. Or if it's when I say, hey, it's going to be a dwarf spider, which I can name five on this list that I would have announced is a very small spider that grew much larger than I thought they were going to be. That's why I don't put the max size. I want to wait until I know they're adults and then I can say, all right, mine has been an adult for quite some time. It's four inches. It's three inches. So uh, the K Brunipes just... Uh, awesome spiders. I need to get another one. Still, unfortunately, my male passed away. I did think I had somebody that was going to take him for breeding and they disappeared. So he did pass away from old age, but he was cute while I had him. Didn't eat a hell heck of a lot after he molted. Was quite shy. Had Did a bit of burrowing, a lot of webbing around the burrow. The nice thing was I could always see where he was in the burrow, so I didn't drop prey when he was in pre-molt or whatnot, but definitely one I would encourage people to check out. The next species on this list is one that made it to my list of my favorite tarantulas at the time and the one that really kind of drove it home that my opinion of tarantulas and their sizes have changed. Meaning it used to be there were no small tarantulas on my favorites list. I wanted all, if I'd done a favorites list, you know, eight years ago, it would have been all the big ones. That's changed. Now I've got certain ones I just absolutely adore and they may be smaller. I'm talking about my Crypsodromus species Panama or Crypsodromus species Black Amelia. I picked one of these up as a sling from Fear Not a while back and it was just trying something totally new and have fallen in love with it. It was a good eater. It grew relatively fast. I would say medium pace or so. I mean, it didn't burn up the charts as far as growth rate, but it grew, I think with the slings for the dwarfs, you need to see some type of growth rate, decent growth rate, because there's nothing scarier. And I will include myself in this. I find the super teeny tiny slings to be intimidating. I want them out of that teeny tiny size as, fa as fast as possible. So I get when people are like, I just got this. It looks like it's under a third of an inch. What do I do? I'm freaking out. I get it. I do. So this one grew rather quickly overall. Right now, she's a spunky little, probably right around the three inch mark. And that's why I would say this one, I would consider probably a true dwarf. She doesn't look like she's going to get all that. Obviously, she'll continue to molt. And females, I think one thing we we need to realize is adult females will reach sexual maturity and they'll continue to molt after that. So they do put on a decent amount of size, not incredible amount of size. I found that mature females, the size is negligible. So for example, a female that is around three inches or so that continues to molt the next several years of her life may put on another quarter of an inch, maybe even a half an inch, but it takes a while. So I would definitely say this one qualifies as a dwarf now, what I love about this girl, she doesn't seem to realize she's a dwarf. She's just as bold as 
some of my formictibus, maybe even more so. Now, when I say bold, I don't mean she's aggressive. I don't mean she's defensive. I mean that when I open her enclosure, she has no problem coming out to investigate to see what's going on. She will not always run right to her hide. She won't try to escape, but she'll sit right out in the open or I've had her actually come out of her hide and kind of be like, hey, what's going on here? I feel some airflow. So I've always found that's endearing. I think I mentioned in the podcast about my favorite species that somehow in my mind, I know it's not true. It's anthropomorphization. But sometimes in my mind, the ones that are more inquisitive just strike me as being more intelligent or more there, like they're actually more aware of their surroundings. So I always find that very endearing. She's also a cute little booger, like really adorable little spider. Great eater. She was a good eater as a sling and as a juvenile, but once she hit adulthood, voracious eater, I've seen her sprint across the enclosure to grab stuff and then we'll just eat calmly right out in the open, which is great because I love taking pictures of her. I have so many pictures of her on my phone, I can't even tell you. Now, unfortunately, I don't see these offered all that often, which is a shame because this would be a species that I would probably put as a great beginner. It's smaller, and that's something I didn't mention earlier. The smaller tarantulas, a lot of times I notice newer keepers will actually go for the smaller ones because they find them to be less intimidating, or at least in their minds they're less intimidating. So I think a small, you know, a three-inch spider that is bold, it she'll be out in the open a little bit, but not at all defensive would be a great one to start with as a beginner, especially if they're raising them up from her sling. She grew rather quickly, put on some decent size with each molt, and was very visible. Even when she did a little burrowing, I could always see where she was. So I think this would be a species that I would definitely recommend to beginners, and I don't think people would be disappointed in the end result because She's just an awesome little spider. So Crypsodromus species Panama, one of my all-time favorites in my collection. Just love this little girl. Eventually, I got to get her a name. Uh, the Black Amelia, definitely a smaller species of spider. and Definitely one folks should check out. Now, the next one I just featured in a video on YouTube, the Segnocnemus brachyromosa or Malaysian blue femur. I got a, a couple of these from Aaron Cashel when I got all of my Ephibopus species, and I absolutely can't wait for these. Hopefully, I'm going to get a female, and I can't wait for a female to show the adult colors because they're beautiful spiders. They're one of the ones that obviously, with the name Malaysian blue femur, pick up some of that blue. It's an old world species, but they are considered, most consider them to be dwarfs. They run anywhere from three to four inches max, from my understanding. So, three inch mark, you know, that we're talking about a dwarf. I can tell you that the first one I had, I kept, was it was mature male. And it was only probably about two inches, maybe two and a half inches or so. And unfortunately, this was the one that I dropped the cricket in with. I had no idea it was molting. It did not close off its burrow. I thought it ate the cricket. The cricket disappeared like good at eight. And fortunately, what happened was the, the cricket went down into the burrow while it was molting. The spider, it looks like it probably dragged itself up to get away from the cricket. And I found the cricket eating it. It was awful on the surface when I opened up the enclosure. I opened up, I'm like, oh, good, it molted. What's going on? I couldn't tell. I'm like, did it get stuck in the molt? No, it was the cricket on top of it chewing its legs off. It was absolutely horrible. A great, you know, not a great reminder, a terrible reminder of what feeder insects can do to your spiders when they are that vulnerable from molting. But anyway, the male was quite small, and I was very disappointed in A, that it was a male. I was kind of for a female, but B, that it was killed by a cricket, obviously. So I got two more, growing them up, hoping I get a female. But this one, Again, if it gets to be three or four inch mark, that's a small little spider. And for folks looking for, you know, old world species that don't want to be intimidated by old world species, 
Again, sometimes the smaller ones are less intimidating. If I have a five inch or six inch spider that is an old world with that old world venom, I'm going to probably think that's a little more intimidating than maybe a three inch one, a little one that's kind of shy and wants to just hide in its burrow and web. But this is like most of many old world species. It's a fossorial species. I've heard from folks that if you keep them correctly, give them that deep moist substrate, they'll web a bit on top and they'll mostly just stay in their hides. I've talked to many folks that have raised them and said they don't see them out all that often. But when you do, or when they're laying in wait for something to come by and they have those legs out and the light hits them, you can see that blue. So it's a smaller spider. It's a blue spider. It is an old world, but for folks looking to get into old worlds, maybe that'd be one to look. I have, they are very, very, very fast and they are very, very skittish. So if you're looking for something behaviorally that'll be a little easier to you know transition into old worlds with, this might not be your best bet. But for someone who's prepared for a little burst of speed that wants something a little smaller, definitely one worth checking out. I can't wait. I'm hoping one again, hoping I can do an update on these guys a few weeks or a few months down the road and show off some of that blue and hopefully have a female, but time will tell. The next one on my list was one of my first old world species. I picked up a teeny tiny sling way back. And unfortunately, I lost the sling at the time. I was worried that it might have been impaction. Looking back at it, it got very fat. There was some poo around its spinnerets. And this was before I even knew uh, impaction was a thing. And I will admit that as a sling, it was one of those back in the day when I used to care for slings, you'd read about these old world species and they'd say how they come from arid regions and they're dry spiders that need to be kept dry. But I found that you always want to give them a little moisture and check out. I kept this thing bone dry. So I do worry that might have been the problem with it. But I'm talking about Heterotheli villicella, or the Tanzanian chestnut. I've had three attempts at these guys over the years. I think I finally got myself a female, but they're adorable, and they're ones I would consider to be a true dwarf species. I've heard that the females get to be about two and a half to maybe three inches max. Somebody told me they paired their female, and it was only about two and a half inches or so. This is one of the spiders that, uh, tarantula species out there, that are thought to be communal. People have kept them in communal setups with some success. Gorgeous little cuties, and the first one, as I told you, the first one I got passed away before its time. I believe it was probably impaction, but I'm not sure. It could just be, it could have been a six sling. The second one I got, I was shocked because I picked up a little teeny tiny sling, all excited to give it a second attempt. It was in a little, like a larger dram vial, and then one day at molten, I'm like, oh great, I get the flashlight in there. It was a mature male. The thing was like an inch, an inch and a half. It was one of the smallest mature males I have ever seen in my life. I was shocked. I kept like double checking, like this can't be a mature male. So that one unfortunately passed away, and then last summer we went to a reptile show, and I picked up one for my buddy Caleb, and it looks like it's a girl. It's way bigger than my male was. So it looks like it's a girl, which is fantastic because again, this has been like 10 or 11 years I've been trying to get a female of this species, but awesome little spiders. Right now, mine's in a dram vial. I, she's in desperate need of a rehouse. And I want to put her in something nice, but she basically, they will do a lot of burrowing and kind of like an HNC, will do a lot of webbing up top as well. So kind of a combination of both. Even my mature male that I got as a sling did some burrowing down the bottom, but also went up and webbed up top, which is cool if you like webbing. Again, little teeny tiny spiders. These are ones that, I, once again, I do believe they would be actual dwarfs and they're gorgeous. I know some folks look 
at the brownish spiders and think, ah, there's they're not just there's some golds in there. There's different colors, just a really cool spider. And again, one that a lot of folks will point to when you talk about the best beginner, quote unquote, beginner old world. So for folks, not beginner species, we're talking about folks who want to get into keeping old worlds. A lot of people will mention H. Villacella as being a great one to start with because of the fact they're smaller, they tend to be shy, they're not overly defensive, and just really cool spiders overall. So Gladifon, actually that might be our rehousing video for next week because I have to house that one. So maybe later on today I'll get Billy up here and we'll do a rehousing of it because I really want to talk about it. It's been a species I've waited years to talk about and do a husbandry video on because I just had bad luck with getting males or the other one dying. So this one I'll be excited to talk about and put something up with. So stay tuned for that on my YouTube channel. But H. Villacella, awesome little old world. We'll go dwarf on this one and one people should check out that like the smaller spiders. Now, the next spider on my list, on this list, has the distinction of being the one that took me the longest time to get a female. I believe that I had three, six males before I finally got a female of it. The first ones I got were the gold form. I bought some juveniles. Silly me, a while back, so when I first got in a hobby, I bought some juveniles from a dealer, and they all molted out male within a few months. Like It, it was a bad, a bad buy on my part. But then later on, I got sent some of the gold form from a friend of mine, Rachel, and the plan was to keep them communally, but after a couple months, I caught one of them trying to eat the other one, so I split them up. And I have got several males out of that one. Finally got a female. The female I've got, I just rehoused not that long ago into one of those 8 by 8 by 12 acrylic enclosures. I'm talking about my Neo-Holotheli Inci or Trinidad Olive or Neo-Holotheli Inci Gold, which were the first three I had were the gold. The next five that I had were actually the olive. Love these guys. I Now that I finally have the olive, which I find it funny that they call it the olive because the olive one actually has more of that metallic gold on it than the golds did. But love this girl. I mentioned I rehoused her into that 8x8x12 box. She has basically web the snot out of it and one of the cool things about neoholotheli a they're one of the species again that have been observed living communally in nature people have done communals with them just know it sounds like they're one of those species that you need to keep the slings together there's going to be some predation they're going to eat some of the slings but then it kind of levels itself off and they create a nice little community so just something to note but the other thing is they create these wonderful web burrows with just so many entrances and exits and if you look at it it's like swiss cheese a block of swiss cheese with all the holes going in this girl has like i drop a prey at them in i never know where she's coming from because there's so many different little exits and entrances to her den they'll dig a little bit but most of it's a lot of webbing so if you like a heavily webbing spider and a heavily webbing spider does something a little unique with its webbing definitely check these guys out again it's a small species i believe females get to be around three inches maybe three and a half inches or so 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 definitely one I would concede is probably a dwarf but just a lot of just a cool spider now again one thing I have noticed with mine is she's not the most visible uh, spider I just went to check on her before I was doing notes on this and I have the flashlight in there I just saw her little legs retreat into her den but it doesn't matter when I see her out it's awesome when I when she hunts sometimes I'll take the top off her enclosure drop a cricket in and then just wait to see where she's jacking the boxes out of to grab the prey at them and I get some shots at her just Cool, cool spiders. Kind of one of the hobby staples. I think they were, they're very readily available. 
And I think sometimes that makes, makes it so people ignore them. But I know when I first started doing my homework on them, they were very popular them and readily available. And they're still readily available now. And I know every time I talk about mine, a lot of folks come out and talk about theirs. So Neil Holotheli, which used to be Holotheli NC. I still say HNC all the time. I think the last time I did a video on one, I slipped and said HNC. It's like once those names get in my head, it's hard to get them out. But definitely cool little, it's a new world species. If somebody's looking to move away from like Brachypelma, Fonapelma, Gramostola, like kind of the pet rock type New World species into something with a little more spunk, I would definitely encourage them to check out the NNCs. The next one up was one, again, I picked up a while back just trying to try out something new. I had read after I got them, I'm like, oh, I wonder what these are about. And I read that they were dwarfs and they were true dwarfs because I believe the females, the female I had was just under three inches or so full grown. I'm talking about Katamiri Parvum or the Uruguayan Copper Dwarf. I've had four of these. Unfortunately, I had three mature males, which bummed me out because the mature males, I thought at first when I first raised them up that I had had females because I read they only got to be two and a half inches and I had two specimens that were over the two and a half inch mark. I'm like, all right. And then they both multi, they're both mature males, picked up another one, mature male. And then I finally got a female, beautiful girl, three inches or so love them just, and I know for some folks, they don't like the brown spiders and I get it. I truly get it. Like if you wanted, there's so many different colors out there. Sometimes it seems brown's mundane. I've never had an issue with brown spiders and I just love these guys. They're cute. They're a little fossorial. The female did a lot of digging, had a bunch of tunnels in there, but she was usually out in the open. I could usually catch her out in the open. She was a good hunter. The growth rate was pretty good. I think the males were around the two year mark when they matured, maybe around 18 months when they matured. So decent growth rate. Unfortunately, my female died mysteriously. I don't know what the deal was. She was doing great, eating great, condition seemed to be right, she molted, and then didn't eat after that and just died, it was like heartbreaking, and I do need to get another one eventually, because this was one that every once in a while you get spiders, and I've talked about this before, that I used to buy three of every species to try to get a female, now I usually buy one, I see if it's something I like raising up, if it's something that I'm like, man, I get a male, and I need another one of these, I'll go out and get another one, it's no problem, sometimes with some of them, I raise them, go, alright, you know, I enjoy doing that, but I'm gonna try something else now, I, I hate to say one and done, but for some of them, it's one and done, and I'll never share which ones they are because people get offended if it's something they like but this was one that wasn't a one and done I really wanted a female in my collection I was so excited to get the female set her up and then she passed away so Katamiri Parvum you're going a copper dwarf really cool spiders again the female under three inches I would say True dwarf species cool spiders there's other ones I, I, I want to say Katamiri Argentensis Argent Argentinensi, something like that. I probably should look this one ahead of time, but there's a couple in this genus that are smaller spiders. I would definitely encourage people. Again, they're one of those ones, unfortunately, you don't see all that often. So if you do see them, grab them up. I don't think you'll be disappointed, especially if you're somebody who likes smaller or dwarf spiders. The next one caused quite the stir when it was first introduced in the hobby, and a lot of folks immediately compared it to the C. kind of pubicins or the GBB. A lot of folks still call it the mini GBB, which honestly I think is wrong because it, in many ways it's almost pretty. I, I don't want to say it's prettier. I don't know how I'd pick between the two of them, but it is a beautiful spider. I'm talking about Delicotheli diamantinensis or the Brazilian blue dwarf beauty. I've raised up several of these. Unfortunately, most of them males. I do have what I believe is a female now. I haven't been able to sex her, but it's looking past the size that my males got when I first got them. They're very teeny tiny. 
Just a gorgeous spider. It's funny because right as I was getting prepared for this, I'm like, oh, I should probably check on mine because she molted not that long ago. And I was trying to figure out where she was. So I dropped the cricket in. She came out, grabbed the cricket, and then just sat there for a minute. So I snapped a bunch of pictures of her. And maybe I'll throw those up on Instagram afterwards because I just love the way these things look. They're even, they have the blues, the greens, the, you know, the reddish bottoms, and everything just pops. Like it's almost like metallic. The entire spider's metallic. So Really cool looking species. Smaller females get to be around three inches. I've heard some people say the females get to be up to four. So three to four inches. I know that the one I had was about three and a half inches or so, three and a quarter inches. So they're definitely a smaller species. And of course, it's one of the ones I was talking about that has the word dwarf in the actual common name. So most people are going to call it a dwarf, especially when if you're comparing it to the GBB, it definitely seems like a dwarf next to the GBBs. They get to be around five inches or so. But really cool spiders, very fast growing. Pick up their adult colors very early on as slings, which is awesome because obviously when you pick up a blue spider, you can't wait to get that blue. They do a lot of webbing. Mine, when I keep them in dram vials, I put in enough substrate from the do digging but then I put up like some leaves and maybe some branches and stuff up top and they usually web that all up and they hide in their webbing and this one here that I got the female again has webbed up the whole side of the enclosure so again like the GBB they love to web and she has a couple entrances and exits out of it so once again I'm never sure quite where she's going to come from when she comes out to grab the prey but awesome the awesome hunters even as little slings I remember the first batch I got it was when they were fairly new to the hobby and I was freaking out that I wasn't going to keep them correctly. And I remember dropping in the little red runners and these things shooting right up through the webbing, grabbing them and eat them. So grow quickly, eat great, pick up their adult colorations early, and they are absolutely stunning as adults. And as a smaller species, one thing we want to talk about, and I didn't mention this earlier, is a cool thing, which I think is what's also making them more appealing to me now, is if you have the smaller species or the so-called dwarf species, is that it means a smaller enclosure. So it means you can keep more spiders and, and do fun things with them. The nice thing I love with the dwarf enclosures, you don't have to put huge enclosures up there, but you can still do really nice enclosures for them. So definitely, if you're looking, you know, if you like the GBB, definitely check out D. diamantinensis, even if you don't like the D GBB, because I know some people, it's funny because I they are similar in appearance. You can't deny it. Uh, there's arguments over which one's prettier. I think that's silly. They're all pretty in their own way. But there almost seems to be like a, a club now, like there's people that like D. diamantinensis better. There's people that like GBB better, and they get in these little fights over which one's prettier. Who cares? Get them both. But if you're looking for a small spider that eats well, that looks freaking fantastic, definitely check out the Brazilian Blue Dwarf Beauty. Now, the next one up, I hesitated to include it as a dwarf because it was one that I actually have to say when I picked it up, I did not know how small they were. I honestly thought it was going to be like five inches or so as an adult. And I was, you know, I will actually say pleasantly surprised when I found out they were much smaller. But this is another old world species, another old world species that's often mentioned as a good beginner because they tend to be smaller. They tend to be very shy and they have the perk of being one of the few trapdoor hunting tarantulas. I'm talking about idiot. Atheli Mira or the Bluefoot Baboon. These guys, the mature male I had years ago, the first one I had was a mature male, and it took me a while to find out it was mature because, again, they hunt with trapdoors. They do the little webbing up top. They have a little trapdoor they, they jump out of. Well, one day I found him out and about. I hadn't seen him forever, and he was sitting on top. He was about probably two and a half inches, so very small male, and unfortunately, again, male, so I was very disappointed not to have a female, but he lived for quite some time afterwards, which was great. I now have one that I'm pretty sure is a female. She's around 
probably two and a half, three inches or so. I've heard this species gets to be, can get to be four inches, but I was talking to a buddy that breeds them. He said that he bred his right around the three, three and a quarter inch mark, and he considers that to be adult. So again, is it a true dwarf species? Maybe not, but it's definitely a smaller tarantula. But for folks who like the blue, they have, they're called the blue foot baboon because on the tips of their feet, there's a blue coloration that really shines iridescent under lights. If you put it under light, it really pops out. And I often wonder every once in a while, I'll catch mine. Like if I go to feed it, its little feet are hanging out of its webbing, its webbed hatch, which is adorable. And again, most of them are trapdoor hunters. I've found that mine, I rehoused recently. She was trapdoor hunting and I found her out and about. She wasn't in her trapdoor. She was wandering around the top of the enclosure. So I'm like, this isn't good. She's obviously not comfortable where she is. She's looking for a new home. So I rehoused her. She immediately went behind the cork bark, built another trapdoor and she trapdoor hunts again. So I have video up of mine trapdoor hunting. Really cool to watch, especially for a tarantula. You're just not expecting that kind of behavior usually. But pretty, really pretty spiders. Mine has been very calm, very docile. Again, not defensive. Even if I catch her out and about, she's occasionally they'll go out, she'd come out to get a drink and I'd catch her out and she'd just kind of scrunch up into the stress pose. There would be no threat posturing. There'd be no running around just like, oh God, you got me and trying to hide, which is adorable. But again, one that's mentioned quite a bit for beginner old world species, they're fairly readily available. They're not as, they used to be super pricey. They're not as expensive as they used to be and just really cool spiders. Honestly, I think the combination of the fact they have blue on them, they're small and, and they trap door hunt. That should be enough to make anybody interested in them. So I think the only issue people will have is the fact they aren't very visible. And when you have a blue spider, you want to see it. But Again, trapdoor action. I got to keep coming back to that. It's amazing. So, Idiotheli mira, blue-footed baboon, definitely a smaller species. You're talking, you know, female three, three and a half inches. That's a smaller spider. So, for folks looking for smaller ones, I definitely think it qualifies. Is it a true dwarf? I don't know, but it definitely, who cares? Just an amazing species of a tarantula. All right, the last one I have on this list is unfortunately one that most people aren't going to be able to get a hold of. And I'm not doing this to tease and go, ah, look what I got. But I just want to keep the name out there because I'm hoping at some point this will change. There'll be slings. People will rejoice. I'm talking about Eucratocellus pocipus or the stout leg baboon. I bought two of these as uh, large sling juveniles, oh gosh, 10 years ago almost, eight years ago. It's been a long time. And I adored this spider. I'm, the other day I was out, one of them was out and about uh, above its uh, then and I got some more pictures of it and I'm like I am going to be so depressed when these pass because I don't think I'll ever get them again and they're easily some of my favorite spiders in my collection the epocupus get to be the biggest one of the bunch is my larger female is right over the four inch mark so it's definitely a smaller spider the other one is probably right around four inches as well so they're smaller slow growing long living and just super cool animals they have those big thick back legs for digging and creating their burrows they create vertical burrows so a lot of tarantulas have kind of diagonal burrows that go down or they do a diagonal stretch and then they go down and clean out underneath. These guys have vertical burrows and what they do, they'll do is they'll sit in the burrows waiting for something to come. And when a cricket comes by that edge of the burrow, they blast out of it using those powerful back legs and grab it. It's awesome to watch. I think I've only ever caught it on camera once and it wasn't a very good shot, unfortunately, because I was like, whoa, and then it was just a terrible shot. But I got to catch it because it's awesome to see, but amazing spiders. This would be one that for folks, it almost wouldn't even qualify 
as a beginner old world because they just don't act very old world like. I mean, in theory, when you're getting an old world transfer, you want something that potentially is going to have some of that speed, show you maybe a little bit of attitude. You're not going to get a lot of speed from these guys. You're not going to get any attitude from these guys. They're super docile. If I was into handling and if I was into handling old worlds, this would be these guys would be ones I wouldn't hesitate to put my hand in and have them come and crawl up in my hand. Just that cute. Awesome spiders, smaller spiders. Again, mention them because I love them and mention them because I'm hoping someday somebody gets a hold of some males, pairs them, and we get these guys established in the hobby because it's going to be a darn shame if they disappear. But Eucratocellus pockypus, again, one of my first smaller species. They're still small. They're still amazing. So much to love about them. We just need more of them in the hobby. All right, so I lied. There is actually one more in the main list here, and then I'm going to do a couple that I've raised that were, I were told were dwarfs that I don't feel like are really dwarfs. However, first I want to bring up a spider that I just did a rehousing on. I have a female. She's big. She's beautiful. She's pushing over four and a half inches now, but it was one that I was always told was a dwarf species. I did read a paper talking about how they have found a lot of diversity amongst the species to the point where they named the fact that in this particular quote unquote species of tarantula, they've got 14 to 16 other subspecies of them. So they basically looked at the morphology, they looked at DNA, and they found out there were a lot of differences between spiders of this species from different regions, enough that they started calling them them all their own species. I have to go through the paper again. I was making notes on it yesterday, and this isn't going to be about that. But the reason why I went through the paper was because of the fact that I found it weird that some people say they have ones that only get to be three inches, and mine's pushing four and a half. And that would make a lot of sense if they found out there's that much diversity amongst just the single species that there might even be many species of spiders that just look similar. I'm talking about the Davis Penelorus. I have a female that I just rehoused that is easily over four inches. I'll say four and a quarter, but I'm guessing closer to four and a half. We'll say four and a quarter. Even so, it's over the magic four-inch mark. This is one I would just say is a small spider. I was very pleasantly surprised when she molted recently. I caught her sitting up on top of the surface. Not Usually, she hides in her burrow. And I was like, man, for a second, I thought it was a different spider. Like, I'm like, which spider is that? I'm like, that's oh my gosh, that's my Davis Penelorus. Why is she so big? Not, I thought she was going to be like about three inches or so. She's obviously much larger than that. But beautiful spider, one that's really grown on. I did a YouTube collaboration with Mike Farless years ago. He was a YouTuber that, unfortunately, I don't think does it anymore. But we did a thing where you got to get this. It was basically each of us trying to convince the other that they need to get a certain species that we love that the other didn't have. Mine was Formictopus. I tried to get him to get a Formictopus. He tried to get me to get a Depenaloris. It took me a long time. Finally got one. A hobby buddy of mine got one for me. And... It took a while for it to grow on me because I think part of it, as I mentioned in the video when we did the rehousing, I like growing things up from slings. The ones that I'm usually most attached to, the spiders I'm usually most attached to are the ones that I grew up from babies. When I get them as juveniles or young adults, a lot of times I'm not as attached to them because I didn't put the work in. I, I know it sounds weird, but hopefully people will understand. There's something about raising it up yourself as opposed to picking it up that's already raised up and it's an adult. Now, obviously, the queen doesn't fit that. She was an adult, but that was my first spider. But that was kind of took me a while to kind of really warm up. Not warm up. I liked it. I wasn't like, man, these are amazing. And so many people love them. But now that it's grown up, I've seen the colors. I've seen the spider. I've seen how big it got. Definitely worth it. Love the species. I will definitely sing its praises. But did the video of it. And that's what kind of started this whole discussion about dwarfs. Because I mentioned in the video the fact that a lot of folks call this a dwarf. I think it's way too big to be a dwarf. I mean, flat out, this is not a dwarf. This one I have over here is not a dwarf. Now, 
Are there versions, local variants, or those subspecies? I forget what they call more. There was some morphological species or something like that. Species that are different sizes, different colors, different striping, different sexual anatomy. Could it be different, you know, that there's one of them that's smaller than the other? That very well could be. So that's something I got to kind of find out about. So I would ask folks that have the Davis Penalores and they have adults, how big are your adults? How big's your females? Because I would like to hear, and you know, what other people are seeing. But as far as mine's concerned, small tarantula, yes. Dwarf, no. Amazing spider, absolutely. So last one on the actual list of the smaller ones I've kept, and I had to put that on there because it was considered to be a dwarf, Davis penalorus. Now, a couple species I want to mention because they were ones that when I originally picked them up, folks were saying they were dwarfs, and I can tell you they are not dwarfs. Not dwarfs at all. First one on the list, I'm going to go by the original name, Bumba Cabocla, but it is now Bumba Harita. Do not like that name nearly as much, but the Brazilian redhead, when I first got these, a lot of folks talked about the fact that they got to be three inches or so. They were kind of a dwarf species. I've heard several people refer to them as dwarf species. They are not dwarf species. The female that I have now is probably around the four and a half inch mark or so maybe even closer to five. She's a good-sized girl, so not one that I would consider a dwarf. Amazing spider? Absolutely. One I think everybody should have? Definitely. Dwarf? No, not so much. Next one, surprisingly, was a lot of folks said were dwarfs, and there is some belief that there is a different species that looks like it from the Philippines, but is a dwarf one. I've had some folks from the Philippines tell me this, that there's a smaller one there. The Orphanacus philippinus or Philippine tangerine. When I first got mine, I had read that there was a dwarf species. The females get to be about three inches. Not true. My two first two adult females were around the five, five and a half inch mark. I have the offspring of my female now. I have two of them. They're two females. They're both pushing four inches already. So that is not a dwarf species. One of my favorite species of all time. Absolutely gorgeous spiders, especially when they get adulthood, that orange dulls out a little bit. Let's be completely clear about that. But they spend a long time in that stage where that orange is just a brilliant red tangerine color. Just amazing spiders. Obviously, one of my favorites. It's in the logo of Tom's Big Spiders, but not a dwarf species. And then another one to add to the list. Citharcanthus cyaneus, or cyaneus, the Cuban orange violet dwarf, which has the word dwarf in the name. Mine molted. I was hoping it was a female. I had read they get to be about three inches. My female was about three inches or so. I'm like, I must have a female. Other people chimed in on the video. Oh, at that size, that's definitely a female. It's not a female. It buried itself for an extensive amount of time, came out, and it is a big gangly male. The male has to be four and a half inches or so. So again, not a dwarf species, not one that I would say, I mean, I don't know, unless the females, unless there's sexual dimorphism and the females are the smaller ones, which I don't think happens often, if at all. This is not a dwarf species. So I'm guessing the females must get to be four, four and a half inches. And I will say that when I made that video, somebody came on and said, I have a female, it's over four inches. And I'm like, oh, okay. So apparently it's not a dwarf. So C. cyaneus or cyaneus, a Cuban orange violet dwarf, not a dwarf. And then I have one on the list that I'm still up in the air about. My Catapelma olivaceum or black furry. 
When I picked these up, I just assumed they were larger spiders. Mine, I had a male mature out. It was around three inches or so, gangly three inches. I have one now that I'm praying is a female that is around the three inch, two and three quarter inches mark. So we'll know next after next molt. But I've had other people chime in and say that theirs get to be about three and a half to four inches max, which would be a smaller spider. I did not know that. And if they get to be three and a half inches, that's again in that dwarf territory. So one, is it a true dwarf? I don't know. Is it a much smaller spider than I thought it was going to be? Absolutely. Somebody told me that they paired their female right around the three inch mark. So that's a smaller spider. So Catapelma olivaceum, black furry. Love these guys. Obviously one that was on my list of favorites. We'll play it by ear. One, this this story isn't done with this one yet because I got to see. Next molt is going to tell me, A, whether I got a male or not. I haven't been able to catch her up on the plastic to be able, or on the sides of the enclosure to be able to sex her ventrally. So I'm kind of hoping I can catch her at some point up there and get a shot there. Hopefully it's a female. It's a female. You're looking at a spider that's probably about three and a half inches or so max. We'll see. But one that I almost included as a dwarf because I don't think people realize how small they get, but I didn't. We kind of put it in the not dwarf thing, but time will tell how big this one gets. All right. So that does it for my list. I think I covered them all. I have a funny feeling that I'm, I have feeding to do later and I got a funny feeling I'm feeding. I'm going to find somebody to go, oh, I forgot this one. So if I find a couple that I forgot, I will obviously do an update in the next video. We'll start it off that way. But what I'm also hoping to hear from is you guys out there, what do you keep? What dwarfs do you keep? What size they get? Which sizes have you seen with the species I've mentioned here? What do you consider to be a dwarf tarantula? I would love to hear back from people. You can obviously go on the website, the Thomas Big Spiders podcast.com. You can go on Spotify now has something you can go leave comments. Unfortunately, I can't respond back, but I do see the comments and I have to basically post them, but I post everything good or bad. So please let me know. What are you thinking? Which ones are the dwarf species you keep? What should I check out in terms of dwarf species? What do you consider to be a dwarf species? I'd love to hear your answer. That will do it for this one. You can find me as always on YouTube. I just post up a video featuring, obviously we just talked about this, my Davis Penaloris. You can find me on thomasbeakspiders.com. That'll do it for this one, guys. As always, stay safe. We'll catch you all next time.